Hey guys, welcome back to Intentional, the podcast of life-giving conversation. I'm so excited for you guys to meet our first guest today. Um, she's a good friend of mine, and honestly, the inspiration for um, all of this was her testimony for what God has done. So uh, without further ado, I hand it over to her to just speak of what God has done in her life and what he's currently doing. Rita Thomason, guys. So welcome to the first episode of Intentional, the podcast of life-giving conversation. I'm so excited to dive into this with you. Sounds great to me. I'm very excited to do it. Perfect. So I'm just going to give a little bit of um, background on how we know each other. Um, so uh, you and I met through church, oh, I don't know how many years ago, probably probably like 10 years ago, would you say? I, I think that's about right. Yeah, so uh, I just remember, um, I think like my, my first memory is um, my parents told me we were heading over to the Thomason's house and we were going to go have a St. Patrick's Day meal. And I was like, wait, who are, who are the Thomasons? And I just remember like, I never forgot you guys after that. You, first of all, the applesauce, unforgettable, um, but just uh, great food and, and great fellowship. And I think we've just kind of continued on and, and grown from there to the tradition of St. Patty's Day and uh, water skiing and, and the like. It's just been a, a real blast getting to know um, both you and Ron. Well, we, we have been very blessed by having you guys in our lives, and it's been a really wonderful thing as well. So it's, uh, it's, it's a treasure to us. Yes. So um, kind of the reason why, I, and I've told you some of this, of, of why I chose you for being um, I suppose the first victim uh, to, to this whole process is um, just throughout this year, um, hearing your testimony um, of, of what God, God has done um, has just been, it was so refreshing to me. And so uh, you were kind of my inspiration for all of this, of just kind of some of the conversations we've had um, and the importance of sharing uh, testimony and what's God doing. Um, that I really wanted to start off with um, you. So I, I think I'll hand it over to you at this point. Um, how about let's get a little bit of background on um, how you came to faith, uh, what, how, where it all kind of started for you. Um, well, first of all, thank you. I'm really honored to that I had some kind of positive influence on your life. So that's very much uh, an honor to me. So thank you for this. And yeah, um I, you know, I'd say I, you know, I was raised in the Lutheran church. Um, you know, my mother always made a point to having us go to Sunday school and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, through growing up at home, we, you know, attended church every Sunday and I went with my mother. Unfortunately, my father was not a partaker. So I was always my mother's companion. And, um, um, and my faith, you know, obviously was important to me. I, I think, you know, it wasn't until I was an adult that I really grasped it. But um, as I, you know, as I grew up and I got into junior high school, I it was in confirmation class, but it was a really turbulent time in my life. So um, I became a confirmation class dropout, uh, mm. decided I just wasn't, you know, really feeling it at that point because I was uh, pretty much invested in being a miserable teenager. 
So and, you know, and confirmation, just for those who don't know, it's just kind of this process within like the Lutheran church where you memorize all of the important information. And it's really the time where you take ownership and say, this faith is, is my own, or that's what the vision for it is supposed to be anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I dropped out of that, um, but I continued to go to church with my mother. And the interesting thing for me is even though I was struggling, um, I had this little wooden cross that hung above my bed. And during my really turbulent years in which I was confused and sad and miserable a lot of the time and rebellious at that, um, I would sleep with that little cross. I remember it and can feel it just in in my mind. If I close my eyes, I can feel that little cross. I would sleep with that cross in my hand at night, just knowing that that was the one thing that grounded me in the midst of mm. my chaotic brain. Um, so then, you know, as I got to be in high school, it was either a junior or senior year, I decided I wanted to be confirmed. And so I on my own, I know I was driving, had my own car at that point, so I must have been that age. Um, I chose to attend the adult Bible study um, confirmation class and did become a member, become confirmed, and um, that was really important to me at that at that time. So, you know, then as the years went on, <clears throat> I certainly was a believer. My rebellion, unfortunately, continued for a while um, in terms of just not following God as I should have. Um, and then I got married when I was 21. And he also was a Lutheran, but we weren't really partaking much in the church. We, you know, both professed that we were believers and so on and so forth, but we weren't walking the walk particularly. Um, mm -hmm. So then when we had children, uh, we decided, you know, when they were a year or two old, that we had to really make a choice, that we couldn't just be on the fence about this. We were either going to be believers or we weren't. And if we were, we needed to change how we, you know, went about things. So then we became much more invested in our faith and started attending church and delving into studies and scripture readings and so forth. So that 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 was a big, you know, plus that we were moving forward and we wanted our kids to be raised Christian. So um, we started, that's, that was the time in my life that I really began being a regular church goer. Um, so I, I'd say those were the things that really got me started. Um, and I, and through those years when my kids were young, we were, we were really involved in our faith, doing a lot of Bible study and so forth. And so that was, uh, you know, I'm very grateful that um, finally I arrived where I was um, making God more of my life. Hmm. So and that time can be so pivotal to just get that initial push to really just build that foundation for, you know, whatever comes in that future, that that initial energy boost, you know, so much is built up in that time. Yeah, exactly. So that that was really that was really great that we were finally starting to, to move forward and do some of those things. And I felt really close to, you know, I felt, I felt the spirit, you know, in me for sure at that mm. point and really moved. But a, a very interesting thing happened that um, uh, in fact, it may have happened before that time of my children being born, but along this process of moving me into grasping my faith and really getting what the Bible was telling me was a time when I read um, the first, one of the first books out about the Shroud of Turin. And of course, 
we have no absolute hundred percent proof that that is the shroud that uh, Jesus' body was wrapped in. But when I read that um, book for the first time, and and I may comment that to this day, no scientist has been able to disprove it. Um, the book illustrated how so much of, Je of Jesus' suffering um, and wounds were evident on this cloth. Uh, and, and what it did is it took me to the foot of the cross and to really understand the suffering of Jesus and, and the pain he went through. And then um, when you see the photo of the shroud, it's a negative. But when you flip it around, when I take a picture of that, you see the face of Jesus. And when mm -hmm. I felt that I actually may in fact be looking at the actual face of Jesus. It had such an impact on my, my life and my faith. Um, and, and to this day, if they, if somehow somebody invalidates that shroud, it really wouldn't make any difference because what it did mm, is it, yeah. it brought me just to understand that this was, you know, this was God made man that suffered for me. And that, that really was a, huge turning point in my faith as well yeah i think those those so those important moments are are just vital um where it becomes so real and you know i think that there are, there are times that it is just so encouraging to see that first of all the science does add up with a lot of the things that we profess to believe and and there is a quite a quite a significant amount that just proves that you know jesus was a real person and he did walk this earth but when we have those moments and, and they're different for everybody and what they look like, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it, it's worldview changing, you know, it just, it, it affects everything, you know? It, it does. I mean, it definitely did. I, I, I was really rocked by it. I could only read that book in like small increments because it would just literally like suck the air out of my lungs. I was so moved mm. by it. And um, I remember, you know, being quite vocal about it at work with my coworkers who weren't necessarily Christians, because to me, it was like, just so huge. Um, yeah, I wanted to share it. Mm. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, so that, you know, those, those were some important steps um, in my life. I've had others that are, you know, been also very profound. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just kind of curious. You mentioned that like you rebelled um, a lot as a, as a teenager. Um, do you mind talking about like where that kind of came from and, and how, you know, and if God kind of spoke into that? Well, I mean, I think it just came from a lot of insecurity, um, mm -hmm. you know, just a huge amount of insecurity um, and, and some of just the typical teenage stuff that you go through. Um I, I just don't think I was at peace with who I was. Um, but I do know that that strangely, as much as I was, and I knew for me, the struggle was I knew I wasn't always behaving in a godly way and that I was sinful. And that was a real struggle for me. So a lot of my experiences at church with my mother were sitting in the pew next to her and sobbing my eyes out. And she never questioned it. I, I She was an amazing mother i i think she knew that i was struggling with rebellion and sin but i i would go mm. to church and i felt like god was speaking to me and you know i i was repentant unfortunately i continued to do a lot of the same things but um yeah. the interesting part is in my times of just um 
feeling sad or, uh, you know, just not good about me, I would open my Bible. And I remember finding Psalm 91 and writing that out on a piece of paper. And I put it in my wallet. And there were many times that I would pull it out and read it, which was quite contrary to how I was behaving. But it, it was mm. like, it was the rock to say, hey, you know, that that's, that's where you're, you know, that that's who loves you. And yeah, very profound for me. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think that exposure to the to the scripture, and when you can find that verse that speaks so um, specifically into what you're going through, and I, I think people find that in various <clears throat> ways, like you mentioning the cross that you had as a child earlier, I, I think for me, the one of the verses that was just such a huge comfort was um, Psalm 139.1. I felt like it was the first thing that I can really remember God speaking to me. And that was when I was in high school and I'd, I'd known Jesus my whole life. Um, but I just remember pouring my heart out and I felt like him saying, I know you. And then in the Bible study, it, it turned, um, it, it had me turn to Psalm 139. And it just says that I know you, I see you. And just that validation from my father in heaven just meant so much it, it and it, it really was something that I just clung to uh through everything yeah it, it is interesting how how you can find one thing and to this day when I read you know that psalm it just really speaks to me that you know God is there for you mm. regardless of what you're going through he's still there he's got your back yeah yeah absolutely um so where we are right now in, in just kind of your story. So you're relative, you're married, you've got kids, um, you've read this book at some point, and it just really changed things, made your face super real to you. You're sharing, um, sharing about it at work. How did, how did you continue to grow from there? Well, as time went on, you know, our family, you know, we're regular believers and, um, and, and I think that, um, you know, I think our faith was was quite strong, but then um, an event happened in my life, uh, and and actually our our faith wandered a bit to um, some less Lutheran thinking that I, you know, it didn't weaken my faith. I I don't think we were necessarily believing it um, the right principles, but nevertheless, um, we still were quite strong in our faith, but we had, there was an event in, in our lives that changed everything. And, um, my faith, uh, had a lot of, I was very challenged, but my son, when he was 11 years old was, um, bit by a tick and we didn't realize it. And it was, um, he started to get ill, and then two years later, he was dreadfully ill and completely di dis disabled. And um, took two years to get a diagnosis, but he had Lyme disease, and he was sick for eight years. And um, it was pretty much the most horrible thing I've ever been through in my life. Um, made my childhood not look so bad. Um, so it <laughs> was, um, you know, it was through those years. I mean, he. He it took two years to get a diagnosis for him. First three years, he couldn't walk um, or barely lift a fork to his mouth. And he had pain in every possible area of your body. And then the last three years, um, his physical body got stronger, but then it went to his brain and he was blind for three years and mm. was confused and 
uh, it was awful and it was awful. So during those years, my faith really was challenged. Um, and in fact, after my son got well, I had Christians that came to me and said, you must have some amazing stories of faith through the trials with your son. And my response to them was, and still is, is that was a test of faith I flunked because I spent eight years praying and then yelling at God, praying, and I was angry and frustrated and, and didn't understand. And uh, I'm sure my neighbors in my neighborhood thought I was a crazy woman, which I sort of was, but <laughs> I would ride my bike in the summer, sometimes at midnight under the full moon, and I would be crying and screaming at God and just saying, you know, who do you think you gave this to? I can't do this. This is not, you know, I don't have the strength for this. I am not made for this. So there was a lot of trials through that time. Um, but I feel like something pivotal happened during that time, which was um, one night in the midst of this, probably, you know, halfway into his illness, four years in, um, I was so angry with God. I was just so angry because I, you know, I was praying every minute of my life and we were our, our whole family and he just wasn't getting better. I mean, there was, the progress was so minimal each year that you could barely tell the difference from year to year. Mm -hmm. And I was so angry that I decided that I, there was no God and that I was going to give up on him and I was done. And this was one night after yeah. my husband had gone to bed and I was just struggling, struggling and you know, probably having a war with the devil is probably what I was having. But I laid on the couch yeah. all night with the attempt to just say, that's it. I'm done. You're out of my heart. I'm never, ever going to, you know, give you, I'm never going to believe in God again. And, and I laid there that night and I could not sleep one, one wink, not a, not a minute. And in the morning, you know, when I had to get up and get on with my day, I realized that I couldn't do it. I couldn't turn my back on God. But the bottom line is it wasn't my faith. God said to me, in your rebellion, in your anger, I am not letting you go. And he held me close. Mm. And I realized that, you know, I wasn't the choosing factor here. God, God yeah. pulled me into himself, held me in his arms and just said, no, you're not going. You're not going anywhere. And it was a, it was a huge, it really had an impact on me because I just realized the love of God was greater than anything I could do. And mm. so that was quite a big, that was a big moment in my life. Oh, it's, it's so, so beautiful. And honestly, so like God. And I, I think that's so great that you can look back and say, no, it wasn't, you know, I was not this pinnacle of, of an example of faith. You know, I, I think it makes your testimony all the more powerful that, that, um, in your, even when you're angry and you are bringing that before God, I think honestly, that's such an important thing to do. And instead of just going and silent and walking away, you fought and you, you were vocal and you processed with God. And because of that, you allowed him into that process. Um, and I, I think that's that's so important because I, I think he wants to be in that place when we don't have the faith and he wants to be in that place when when we're at breaking point. Because the truth is, you know, at no point in our lives 
do we really have it together? You know, do, are we really doing a good, a good job? We may think we do, but the truth is it's, it's by God's grace that we can live the lives that we do. And, and what a blessing to be able to have that experience and just be confronted with that reality of the overwhelming love that, you know, our father has for you. Uh-huh. Just so beautiful. Yeah. And that's, that's how I, I mean, I realized it, it was, it, you know, there was no question. It was God just holding on when I was, you know, mm. struggling to get away. And he said, no, you're not doing that. So it was, it was amazing. So, you know, as, as then, you know, I think that was certainly fortified my faith and that I realized that God, God wasn't let me, letting me go anywhere. And, and, you know, as, mm-hmm. as my son continued to be ill um, for a time longer, um, near the end, in the last um, year or so, we did start to see improvements. And after he had, this was his sixth year of antibiotics, and we started to see improvements slowly. And I, I suddenly there was a point in my faith, even a fellow Christian that I worked with could see that something had changed because I just, I don't know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me to say, you know, trust him. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I just had this faith, unlike I'd had in the whole time of the illness of knowing that things were turning, that that God was going to lift mm. this horrible horrible disease from his life. And um, so near the end, he, we had a really amazing thing happen. So he, he was getting stronger. His brain was starting to work better. He was starting to think again and be able to be more logical. And, um, but he still didn't have his vision. And uh, at that point, his twin sister had already graduated from high school which was, you know, a hard thing for him um, to have your twin graduate. Yeah. But the school, he, you know, he'd had a parapro at school because he couldn't see. And um, he had people helping him at home as well with schoolwork. But um, the school said, if you don't take a math class, you're still not going to be able to graduate. And this was now a year after his sister had graduated, you know, in the spring. And now it's the following fall. So, um they said, you know, and, and, you know, we just kept hoping his vision would be back. So fall came and we went to school and we sat with the school counselor and all of the people that, from the school district and his parapro and the principal. And um, they were we were having this meeting and they said, well, Jeff, you know, what are we going to do? Because um, your vision is not back and we can't put you in a math class. And um, Jeff knew what was going on at that point. And he said to them what in fact I was doing and our church was doing. He said, no, he said, you're going to sign me up for that math class. He said, my church has laid hands on me and my mother has called every church in Ann Arbor and they are praying for me to have my vision back now. So you will enroll me in that math class. And they quite reluctantly, you know, rolled their eyes and we left the meeting. About three or four days after that, my daughter's job um, was to help him when I was working. Um, I, I worked two of the weekdays and then a weekend. So two days a week, I needed assistance. So she came home 
and she called me. At, she came home after school and helped him. And she called me at work and she said, Mom, she said, Jeff is seeing light. And um, I was, you know, this is after our meeting with the school. So a couple of days later, my husband got him up to take him to school as usual. And I, I wasn't out of bed yet. He usually would wake him up first. And he opened up the shades in Jeff's room. And Jeff opened his eyes. And he said to his dad, he looked at his dad, and then he closed his eyes. He said, am I dreaming? And his dad said, no, I don't think you're dreaming. Why? And he said, because I can see you. So oh. Jeff had a miracle. I mean, his vision was restored the following week. And um, he mm. came into my room and my husband said, you need to get out of bed because this is the day you've been waiting for. And Jeff came in and he was as white as a ghost. And I jumped out of bed and I looked at Jeff and said, Jeff, you know, this is so incredible. And I'm in tears. And Jeff looked so pale. And then he turned around and he saw himself in the mirror and he'd gone through puberty, so he hadn't seen himself in three years. And he fainted mm. <laughs> because he was in shock. That's why he looks so terrible. He was in yeah. shock. But that, so we had a miracle. We had a miracle in our life. Mm. And, so, so incredible. I, I, I love those stories of, of healing, you know, because not only is, is God so gracious and in, in, in what he does in our lives, but then to also, you know, not just affect the eternal and, and what happens in like the spiritual realm, but he also cares about what happens, you know, on this earth that, you know, is carnal and it's going to pass away. And he brings healing and relief and restoration. Just how, how beautiful that's just. Yeah, it was, it was just an amazing, amazing moment in our lives. And, um, you know, from that point on, Jeff's life, you know, got better and better and, he did graduate that year, and um, by the following spring, he went from being completely dysfunctional the year prior. He could do nothing for himself because his brain was so scrambled to a year later graduating and getting a job, driving a car, and getting a job and working. So uh, it, it was an amazing thing. So God is God is really great, and his... Um, no, do I understand why he allowed Jeff to be sick all those years? Not really. I'll never understand it. My son has my son has a different yeah. perspective. He believes strongly that that God used it um, in ways, many ways. And Jeff could elaborate to a great length on that. He's the one who's had to help me try to be more at peace because Jeff feels that God actually spared him by letting him be sick from maybe other. Mm temptations that were there so wow wow yeah. so powerful I, and that's really I'm really glad you bring that up because I, I I think there are many times that we can make it through something um and first of all have no idea how we made it through um but then you know even after you know God's kind of spoken into it and we received some healing to still look back and say you know what it's still painful to, to think of what I went through. And, you know, although you had this really beautiful experience of how God moved and he should absolutely be praised, you know, there is still a lot of pain that, you know, comes from that experience. And I, I think that's so important to bring up because I think 
sometimes, you know, we can whitewash our stories with just like the ending, you know, and, and the good part that it makes for the, you know, that ever gets everyone clapping, you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm think it's so important to share the struggle and the hard part and the part that's not always beautiful. And even still today can be, um, painful for us, um, because that that's all real emotion, you know, and we don't need to pretend that it's not exactly. There. I mean, and, and yes, yeah, so you're right. I mean, at least for me, I, I, you know, I still can, you know, there's moments if I think about it long enough, I could be brought to tears for the, the pain and the suffering that, you know, I witnessed my son experiencing. And, and frankly, I would have rather had it on myself. I would have wished I would have been the sick one, you know, rather than him. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I mean, um, you know, it's just, and I don't understand exactly, and I don't need to understand why God allowed that, because I yeah. just have to trust that there was a purpose mm. for that greater than I can understand. Um, and, yeah. and certainly some of it is obvious. Some of it is evident. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's lessons that we all learned through it that were just amazing. Um, I would have preferred mm. to have read it in a book. However, then that yeah. isn't always how God yeah. works. So, yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I think of the verse in the end of Genesis and I, it's from, it's Joseph. And, you know, it's the story of after he's been betrayed by his brothers and, and thrown in pis- prison and this life that has honestly so clearly defined by just so much pain. Um, but, you know, it, it ends up with him, honestly, in a, a position of great honor. But, you know, his brothers come before him and apologize. And Joseph says to them, what you intended for evil, you know, God used for good. And I, I think that's just such a, a beautiful verse that even I think sometimes we we say that, you know, suffering comes from God and sometimes that painful circumstances do come from God in the sense that he's using them. But I, I think more often than not, they're just consequences of the world we live in. And God, in his infinite wisdom, uses those painful experiences um, to grow us, to heal us, to draw us closer to him and something that should be defining and should be something that just brings death he uses to bring life and and restoration and i i think that's um just such a beautiful thing that you know we we can't understand god's will because he is infinite and you know what we are not um but i think to know that he is good and have faith in his character and say look i don't really understand why even to this day but i know who you are i know you're good and i I choose to trust you and I, I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I, I, I do, I do think that's what I gleaned from those years of, of you know, my personal suffering, my son's suffering, was to know that you know, God is great, and that we just need to trust Him, and just to know that He loves us, even when things aren't making sense. Yes, absolutely. So. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of that. Um, I'd, I'd actually like to take us to just kind of what's been happening recently. You know, a, a big part of what I want this podcast to be is, first of all, to just get to know people um, better and to kind of give people an insight into just honestly these very amazing stories that I hadn't even heard from an, until uh, now talking with you. Um, and I, I just think that's so incredible. But to also, you know, 
look for the things that God's doing right now and not just rely on, you know, what God did 10 years ago or 20 years ago or even last year, but just receive the thing that, that God is doing for us um, this year. Um, I, I think of um, in the Old Testament, it, it says um, in like the prophets and a lot of the times it says, you are the God who brought us out of Egypt. And it's just this mantra that the, the Israelites recite over themselves that you are the God who delivered us and set us free from slavery or slavery in Egypt. And it's just this reminder of who God is. And I think these testimonies are so great to say, this is who you are. You are the God who healed Jeff, who didn't let me go, um, who gave me revelation of Jesus, you know. Um, but now I think we have such a privilege to see, get new ones of those every single day, that you are the God who who's moving today in, in 2020 in, in the midst of everything that's happening. And I, you're, that's kind of uh, what I suppose my next question is, is how have you seen God moving this year in, in 2020 that has kind of been defined in, but in everyone's mind by pain and suffering and a lot of these kind of negative yeah, things? Yeah, I mean, you know, yes, the story continues. And, you know, because like the Bible, you know, there are, there are continuations of challenges and people's lives. And so this year, yeah, with the COVID, you know, virus, it's been really interesting. So, you know, I think like everyone else, um, you know, we all have had a lot of fear. I certainly had a lot of fear, particularly um, early on. I actually think I had it, although I don't know, because the test was um, negative, but I I still think that I had it. Um, Luckily, I wasn't dreadfully ill, but it was a, it was a scary thing just to imagine that you might have it. And, um, and then, you know, during that time, you know, with my business, uh, uh, as a self-employed hairstylist, um, you know, our salon was shut down from March 23rd until June, uh, 15th. So we were, we were closed down and your income immediately stopped. And, um, it was a scary time initially, obviously for, for everyone, but for me, some interesting things came out of it because at first, you know, you viewed it. I like a lot of people. Originally, we were all um, fearful, uh, mourning for the world, mourning for the people that were losing mm. their loved ones, and you know that those sentiments continue. Um, but I think there was a feeling of darkness and um, fear, and and certainly that was something that I was, when I was first home from that, you know, praying every day, reading scriptures every morning to start our day. And I certainly had the time to do that. Um, but for me, you know, for me, <laughs> some amazing things came out of it, which were, um, I've been so work driven my whole life, particularly being a self-employed person. So, you know, my work I have taken very seriously and it's taken a lot of, um, you know, it's, it's particularly since life has been more normal for me, it's taken a precedence of being, you know, really important and getting a lot of my attention. And um, suddenly, after, a, you know, a month or so of being off, I started to realize there's a whole lot more to life than I realized before. And I started to realize that not being such a crazy um, driven individual was was okay and it was really wonderful so having time to you know study the word having time to pray more having time just to enjoy my husband more and to do things that i enjoyed um was really pretty great and by the time 
we were able to go back to work, I, I didn't want to go. I was really quite sad because mm -hmm. I decided that I liked this new part of my life. And it was like our discovery of myself, really, that, you know, there, there's a lot more to life besides working every minute uh, as much as I love my job. So, so that, that was really, I think for me and learning to trust, I think that's what happened to me is, is sort of like what I went through with my son is looking at this situation that we still don't know the end game here, you know, when it's going to be over, but mm. just trusting and just saying, yeah. you know, God's got this, you know, he's, we don't know why this is, he's allowing this. We don't understand but the fact is you just need to trust that God is in control. So that's what's happened to me is just in terms of the, the COVID business, I feel at peace that um, he's going to, he's going to bring us out of the, you know, desert. We're, we're going to get through this. Mm, yes. Amen. So good. Uh, that just, so, so important. I'm so glad uh, that God was able to bring fruit uh, just in this time. Uh, so incredible. And just to trust in his character that he has um, a purpose that even in the midst of it, it's not over. It's still going on. Um, but knowing you are the God who brought me through all of this, you will continue to move um, and, and, and bring me forward. Um, and I think, honestly, that that's a, a good place um, to close this off of just looking to tomorrow um, with hope and faith of, of what God can bring and just releasing that fear and knowing that he's got it in his hands and he's in total control, just as Absolutely. he's always been. Thank you so much for sharing, Rita. This has just been such a blessing to me. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to um, just hear your story uh, some more. I wish you guys could meet Rita. She's an absolute badass. She's incredible water skier. Um, so great to have her in my life. Um, I just think. Well, you are welcome, Rita. Lauren. It was it was a blessing to do it, and uh, you know, hopefully, it'll uh, bring hope to people that you know through dark times, um, God is still there, and He's gonna He's gonna deliver us all. So that that's what I hope as well. Yes, absolutely. He is faithful. Well, um, do you mind Sounds if I great. off in prayer? All right. <sighs> Heavenly Father, I just thank you for um, the blessing of this opportunity to come together, to just have intentional conversation, um, and to build each other up in the faith, um, to just remember your goodness and, and give you glory. We thank you, Lord, um, that you just give us grace, that you give us healing, that you give us hope. Um, we just thank you that you provide for us over and over and over again. And we just pray that to the people um, that are listening. We pray that over Rita and over myself. We just ask that you would continue to speak to us and give an abundance according to your character. Um, we just pray for your grace over each and every one of us in this time that is just feels so terrifying and out of control. We just speak um, your power over all of it. Um, and we just wash it all with the precious blood of Jesus. We thank you, Father. We give you all the glory in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lauren. Thank, thank you, you, Lauren. So much, Rita. Wow. Rita Thomason, folks. What a powerful testimony. 
I want to end with that verse we talked about in Genesis 50, 20, where it says, As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. What a testament to God's goodness. This has been Intentional, the podcast of life-giving conversation. If you're looking forward to more intentional conversations, you'll find future episodes posted anywhere you listen to podcasts under the name Intentional, the podcast of life-giving conversation. I'm your host, Lauren Armbruster. Special thanks to Rita Thomason to agreeing to be the first guest on our show. You have a story and I would love to hear about it. You can find me on Facebook at Lauren Armbruster or on Instagram at lsarmbruster01. I'll link both in the description down below. God is at work in your life. You are seen and known and loved. Now let's rest in that truth. I'll see you next time.